welcome back to episode 7 of Conservative Roundup. My name's Aiden, and today I'm joined by the MP for Hastings, Lennox, and Addington, Derek Sloan. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 7 of Conservative Roundup. I'm joined today by Derek Sloan, the independent MP for Hastings, Lennox, and Addington, previous Conservative MP. Thanks for being here, Derek. It's a real honor to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks, Aiden. All right. Well, why don't we start off with, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a, I'm the Member of Parliament for Hastings, Lennox, and Addington. I'm a former Conservative Party of Canada leadership candidate. Uh, I'm a lawyer, a former small business owner, and married with uh, three kids, seven, wow. five, and four. Wow. Well, why did you get into, into politics? Well, I was, I was concerned about the direction that I saw the country going. Uh, particularly with uh, the threat to our civil liberties. So uh, we're living in a society where, you know, whatever uh, government seems to be in power, they, they like to use the tools of government to suppress people who have different opinions. And I think that that's, uh, I think that that's problematic. And, you know, uh, as bad as that was five, six years ago when I was deciding to get into politics, it's, uh, you know, way worse in the days of COVID and the days of sort of, uh, uh, you know, this division that we're seeing uh, on the left and the right. But it's it's a problem. Mm, sure. And, and then being voted out of the out of the conservative party for a ridiculous reason with the donation from a white supremacist that you even had no idea about because you personally don't go through every single donation. But then they the party tried to pin it on that, that you can't be trusted and that there's a number of issues with with you what's your what's your opinion on that well basically they uh they got caught flat-footed they they had this idea that somehow the media would buy into this and and that they would be uh you know encouraging my uh, expulsion and nobody bought it uh you know not even the media who would who would who would love to show a connection between conservatives and white supremacy uh they didn't even buy it they knew that that obviously uh, you know, out of 13,000 donations, there's no way to, uh, you know, know, know everything about people that donate to you, particularly if they donate under, you know, a name that they're not even really well known by, as, as was the case in this case. Uh, so they had to change their uh, tune. And um, many of my conservative colleagues noted that in the caucus meeting. They said, listen, we can't explain this to our constituents, so there's going to have to be a different rationale. And so they came up with this, well, this is just a pattern of, uh, destructive behavior and mm. frankly that's false mm. and even I've I've done a couple other interviews with with other people and they they tend to have the same answer that that Derek's for Derek and I cannot see that at all because you are for the people you are for the people that put you there and that's who should you should be answering to is the people that put you there and that's even back in the leadership contest you were called the racist for for calling out Dr. Tam and you ran on that with is your slogan conservative without apology and I, I that is very I find that very appealing very very good I like how you how you put that it was that it went on for weeks within the party where a lot of members called you out and and you stood up you're like no I'm not racist I I, don't, I will not apologize and I, I find that really honorable well listen there's a there is a divide in Canadian politics between the people that are in Ottawa and the people that are out in the real world. And I think what they mean when they say, you know, Derek's for Derek, 
is that I care more about what people like you think than I care about what they think. And, you know, to them, politics is a big club. And uh, I frankly don't care uh, about the, uh, uh, the rules of that club. I care what my constituents think. I care what conservative members across the country think. And that is where they're getting this from. And if they would, you know, reevaluate their own, um, you know, their own commitments to their own constituents, uh, they would be behaving differently. Mm-hmm. And was, the, was there an O'Toole making this decision to do that? Or who do you think he's he's trying to, to please or, or do this for? Well, I mean, Aaron O'Toole seems to have this idea that if he plays it super, super safe, uh, has nothing objectionable uh, in his, uh, uh, you know, on his website, uh, uh, you know, that nobody who's a conservative MP says anything objectionable, that the press never, uh, you know, uh, writes anything bad about him, Mm -hmm. that somehow we're going to win the next election. Mm -hmm. It's It's the mistake that we make every single time. Okay, whether it's whether it was Stephen Harper in 2015, Andrew Scheer in 2019, or Aaron O'Toole in 2021, they seem to have this idea that you know the election is ours to win if we just shut up and you know keep our head sticks on the ice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, that may be the case if you're in the lead. Okay, so if you are you know winning in the polls and you're you know the 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 general thought of Canadians is towards a conservative direction, yeah, that might be the way to do it, but. We are behind. We are in the third period. We're three goals behind. And we have to think about taking risks. We have to think about maybe pulling the goalie. We have to think about, uh, you know, taking calculated risks. And these guys, uh, these guys don't know that. They don't, they don't comprehend that. And they're trying to, you know, they're willing to sacrifice the base to appeal to this sort of idealized version of the, the Toronto area soccer mom. And I was just speaking to a soccer mom today, uh, self-identified soccer mom, and uh, she she uh, is far more like me than she's like like on Aaron O'Toole. So uh, they have their calculus wrong, and they're they're shooting the base, they're throwing the base under the bus to get there. For sure, yeah. And, and talking about the the next election, would you, as a candidate, would you ever consider running as a as a PPC or or part of the Wild Rose Party? Well, listen, I haven't, uh, I haven't got that far yet because right now I'm sticking, uh, sticking the conservative feet to the fire. So I'm uh, actively uh, uh, appealing the decision to remove my candidacy, to remove my membership. Um, there's uh, going to be a whole whack of Derek Sloan uh, candidates at, at uh, the, the conservative convention. Mm-hmm. And frankly, they're, they're probably, as we speak, um, you know, basically cheating in certain ways and and uh uh you know uh, i may have more to say in that later but uh there there may there very well may be underhanded things going on and uh and i'll be happy to talk about that later but right now this is about exposing corruption mm-hmm. and uh, holding uh, uh the conservatives feet to the fire mm. and you've and you've said that there that there's uh conservatives that still support you in the party that, that you're still friends with and they, and they support you would you even happen to know the the vote that you got voted out on of the, out of the party, would you know the exact number or? Uh, I don't. Uh, that wasn't. I don't think anybody knows that number other than the caucus chair who who administered the vote. So I don't know. I mean, I can I can give a rough guess based on the the, the what I know from behind the scenes and, and different comments that were made. 
Okay. But I don't know the exact number. Okay. Uh, what, what's your best estimate as, as for a number? Well, my guess is that between maybe 30 to 40% of the people voted for me to stay, and that probably 25% of the people voted uh, passionately for me to leave, and the rest voted for me to leave uh, not out of any uh, particular animosity towards me, but to just end the story. I mean, Aaron O'Toole put this up in such a way that kind of, no matter what they did, the party looks bad. It would, it would almost look worse in their eyes to me because then it would be after week of Aaron O'Toole has lost control of the caucus. You know, 51% or, or, you know, more than half of the caucus voted to keep Derek. They, they prefer Derek over the leader. And then Derek Sloan would become the story uh, for weeks on end leading into, uh, in, into an election. So for the average person who doesn't care really too much, uh, uh, you know, doesn't feel super strongly about kicking me out, but isn't an, a, an avid defender, they'd say, well, listen, you know, now that Aaron O'Toole's gone out and done this, we just have to end this story. I mean, this is this is getting out of control. So uh, that's sort of where the middle vote came. So it's probably one third to two thirds, roughly, and uh, and maybe slightly more than a third in my defense. Well, that's a lot more than I thought. If it's if it's a third, then that's that's still pretty good. There's a lot of true blue still left in the party. That's that is actually good to hear. Good news. And then, and then you have like every once in a while, you'll you'll of course release a, or a name or two that. That doesn't like your, or have said that they've or that they've called you out. What are, is it possible for maybe a name or two or? Well, why don't why don't you? Uh, is there anyone that you're curious about? And I, I might be able to give you my best guess. Uh, maybe Pierre Polyev or, or Candace Bergen. So I actually I don't know. Uh, I don't know my my guess, and um, you know I don't want to. The, the part of the problem is people. People who I know were actively fighting for me. I don't want to publish their name because yeah. then that puts a target on them. So, um, but for those two, I just don't know. Um, my, my, my suspicion. And again, this was a this was a closed vote. My suspicion, if I had to bet, would be that uh, Pierre voted for me to stay, and Candace probably, even though I do like Candace. My guess is that being that she's on the leadership team, she felt obligated to vote uh, alongside the leader. Mm -hmm. But I, I won't know, and, and I wouldn't know unless she told me. So, But uh, I might guess that she would have voted against me, and, and my guess would be that Pierre voted for me to stay. For sure, yeah. And that, uh, that was good to hear. And even, even the other day, Aaron demoted Pierre Polyev down to jobs and industry, which is a huge demotion from finance. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Why do you think Aaron did that? Well, what I think is that uh, so Pierre, Pierre Polyev, uh, uh, in fact, has been associated with me in certain attack articles. So mm -hmm. there was an article uh, out of the Toronto Star uh, late last year that was a, a, a naughty list. It was kind of a funny article, but both Pierre and I and Jason Kenny were on that. Wow. Uh, and we've been, uh, and, and the day that I was kicked out, there was another article that was saying, you know, way to go with Derek, but, you know, Pierre should go as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have been connected a few times uh, by the media, but there's no question that there is a portion of the electorate that finds, uh, uh, you know, Pierre Polyev, uh, uh, his his sort of aggressive uh, needling, to be irritating. Yeah. And those people, those people are called liberals. And uh, uh, Aaron O'Toole, <laughs> Aaron O'Toole is trying to be as you know. 
uh, uh, he's trying to appease everybody. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is that he felt, listen, uh, even though Pierre is obviously a, a solid member of our team, we need to move him to a place where he's not going to be quite as, uh, you know, out in the open. And then we're not going to, you know, get criticized by those people who don't like, you know, meanies or whatever, uh, whatever the term is. <laughs> yeah, and, and even with most conservative viewers they have revoked their memberships they, they said oh no we don't we don't want to be a part of of the conservative party anymore after that one night last month and a lot of people still see you and, and pierre polyev as as true conservatives well listen pierre, listen uh i have nothing but good to say about pierre and um i uh, i believe that the move to to demote him was wrong and uh, frankly, and listen, he's not going to say anything negative about it publicly, and, and uh, I wouldn't either if I were him, but uh, I have every right in the world to talk about it, and I think he was dealt, uh, I think they, 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 what they did was wrong to do that to him, and uh, uh, he deserves better. For sure. And, and now running as, as an independent right now and talk of an election in, in June, since you're an independent, does that mean you can run as prime minister or, or no? Well, the only way the, the only way that you can you can be prime minister is if you is, is if you're uh, the leader of a party that wins the most seats in in a general election. Mm-hmm. So you know, in the United States, they have a they have a separate uh, election for the president versus uh, you know the House of the, the Congress. So in Canada, unfortunately, it's kind of combined. So to be the prime minister, you would have to be the leader of a party that wins a general election. Okay, perfect, and. And then with Bill C-12 coming up, how it reduces jobs from out west, and you being one of the only public MPs to actually denounce it and call out for what it truly is, why do you think, do you think that conservative MPs still ha- are still voting for it because they could get possibly kicked out of the party? Well, it's going to be an interesting dynamic behind the scenes. I know there's many uh, conservatives who don't like the decision of a tool to support Bill C-12, uh, now that I'm making a fuss about it, they're going to be between a rock and a hard place because O'Toole will not want anybody to do this just because I'm doing it. Uh, but yet they're going to be feeling a lot of pressure from their own constituents. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And like I said in, in one of my speeches in the House, I hope some of them have the courage to stand up and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and recently you have joined the at the end, end the lockdown caucus with a number of prominent individuals who have stood against the lockdowns and, and, and do and I do support that decision because I'm from Ontario so it's with Doug Ford it's either his way or the highway such as Roman Babber or Randy Hillier who get kicked out for, for speaking uh, against it and speaking the truth yes yes no totally so I'm glad to be a part of that caucus I think the numbers are growing by leaps and bounds I forget uh, I'm just going to check my text here I think I was texting yeah so Listen, a week and a half ago, or when, or two weeks, or whenever it was, I forget the exact day. I think it was, I think it was last week, was it not? It yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Listen. So listen, it was only last week. We started with five members. We're now at thirty-nine, and these are elected wow. uh, individuals and/or party leaders uh, wow. in Canada. Uh, so that's pretty significant. Wow. And have any any other federal MPs have they have they joined or? Or just you? 
Okay, so so to my knowledge, no, but I but I'm not up on the latest uh, in terms of the names and the titles. I know we've had a couple of provincial uh, MLAs, so that's you know provincial members of parliament from Alberta join, uh, but I have not yet heard of another federal MP. That's perfect. And then now in our in our home province, Joe Biden and Go- Governor Gretchen Whitmer want to well destroy Line Five. They want to get completely get rid of Line Five. To Sarnia, that produces oil and gas and energy for Quebec and Pearson International Airport. What, what's your, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's obviously, it's obviously a, 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 would be awful for Canada. Um, but listen, this is what happens when you buy into the Paris Agreement, when you buy into this net zero stuff. Mm-hmm. You, this is the type of thing you have to do when you're trying to limit your emissions. So. Um, you know, the Conservatives can say whatever they want, but you can't be against the carbon tax, against, you know, pipeline shutdown on one hand, but then in favor of the Paris Agreement and in favor of these net zero things on the other. Uh, it's impossible. So they can speak out of both sides of their mouth as long as they as, as they want, but eventually, I mean, frankly, it's already showing how hypocritical that is. For sure, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you look at Donald Trump, who's in favor of energy, even... U.S. states from electoral votes have said that they don't, that they regret voting for Biden and even Kamala Harris. Uh, you come from, like, Donald Trump, who supports energy, who had one of the best economies ever in the states, and who supported free speech and who got banned while they still have Chinese dictators, Venezuelan assassinates, and as well as other people from, where is it? And former supreme leaders of Iran, and they ban a president of the United States, and even big tech companies have even gone to ban Parler from uh, from their app stores. Yeah, I mean it's 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 frightening, and um, you know, listen, if if a government if a government had any uh, any guts, they would do something about it. I know uh, there's there is a move by other. Well, listen, a lot of a lot of Republican states in the United States are banding together to to. Uh, uh, address big tech censorship. We had the president of Mexico uh, stand up and say that something needs to be done. There's so there is a move around the around the world, um, you know. And it's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of uh, you know the United States or Canada stepping up and, and trying to do the same. Uh, but it's a major problem. And um, you know, I don't expect I don't expect the liberals or the Democrats to do anything about it unless it somehow. Now listen, if it got turned on them in some way. They'd be howling in the streets about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, as long as it benefits them, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's peculiar that, that Aaron O'Toole uh, denounced the Proud Boys, but he hasn't denounced Antifa. Well, listen, I mean, Aaron O'Toole wants to do whatever it takes to get in with the media elites. So whatever he can do to uh, not get any uh, you know, negative press... He's going to do that. I mean, they've already been sanitizing the the websites. They've they've already been in every way. I mean, you know, McLean's had an article there a few days ago talking about Aaron O'Toole's quest to make the the party basically innocuous and uh, you know uh, completely uh, bland. So that's what they're doing. I mean, that's that's what he's doing. He's he's doing this even more than Andrew Shear did. I mean, people were you know upset about Andrew Shear, but he's doing it more. So. I mean, the party the party just doesn't seem to learn. For sure, yeah, and a lot of a lot of individuals do seem to 
disagree with it with Aaron and, and most of his policies too. And it is coming. Even Leslie Lewis has come out and said that it was it was wrong for the donation and that Aaron O'Toole is in the right. But with his ten percent cut from the party, the thirteen dollars ten cents, like even Elections Canada, it's illegal to or even not right to disclose payments under two hundred dollars. And only you and, and Aaron O'Toole have access to those to those names. And a lot of MPs have said, come out and said, under off the record that it's that it, that was an inside job to have you removed from the party. Well, it could have been. I mean, listen, I I don't know if if somebody actually leaked that donation or not, but I do know that obviously some the, you know a group of people were scheming to have me gone clearly for some time. And they obviously jumped at this opportunity. So, um, you know, it, it, you know whether it came, frankly, it may have just come up naturally, uh, but uh, they certainly were just waiting for something like this. And it, you could tell with the, their overreaction that they were waiting for this to happen. So they played it poorly. Nobody believed, uh, you know, the the initial story, and they have egg on their face over it. And and people are uh, people are disgusted. I, I haven't met one person. And listen. I speak to a lot of, you know, in all the journalists I spoke to in the, you know, sort of liberal uh, elite media complex, none of them bought the story. Like, not one of them. Now, many of them were calling me racist back with Dr. Tam, but not one of them thought that this was, you know, somehow, you know, anything that could have been uh, prevented. Mm -hmm. So, really, uh, this is... uh, this is out in the open, and no one believes uh, the, the official line from the Conservatives on this. Yeah, and a lot of, like, even MPs have, have gone out of their way to just to make your job so hard, such as, like, Ed Fast or, or Martin Shields. Now, I, now, is there even, like, other people in, like, the, the caucus that, or the shadow cabinet that have even gone out of their way to make your job more difficult, or say that they that they don't support you? Well, I can I can guarantee you that probably every member of the of the uh, well, probably every member of sort of the leadership, uh, you know, like the House leader and all these type of people voted against me for sure. Mm-hmm. Other than now, Pierre is a critic. I don't think he did. There may have been a few others that didn't. Uh, but listen, most most Ontario MPs, as far as I could tell, voted against me. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be saying more in due course. But um, and look, this isn't. I mean, I don't even care. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, this isn't me carrying on a, a, a petty grudge. But listen, these people are cowards. They are, you know, representing their constituents and feel that they can say one thing to their constituents and then another behind a closed-door meeting. Well, that's not right. You know, my big thing is exposing uh, the two-faced people that exist in Canadian politics. It is to expose corruption uh, and, and uh, you know, inconsistencies in, in in parties and i'm not afraid to do that so there will be more um you know there'll be reckoning on this I, I remember somebody in there was saying oh well you know you already you already uh, you know you already have all your your people emailing me and, and and all this stuff and i said listen i didn't say a word about this because i didn't want to you know rock the, the boat going into this this uh this thing but just wait until I start saying names, yeah. you think you're getting a lot of emails now? Just wait. So listen, there's a lot of there's a there's this mentality that um, 
there's this mentality that like kind of playing nicely with the little you know the old boys and the old girls club uh, up there is more important than representing your constituents and representing the membership of the party and there's kind of this you know uh, you know, if you were an MP, you'd be like, oh, come on, Aiden, like, just can you just play as a team? Can you just playing as a team means sitting down, shutting up, and letting the leadership do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So, listen, that's what they mean when they say I don't play as a team. And frankly, um, listen, obviously, there was a lot of people that, that were defending me, but overall, uh, the bulk of people there are there because they like the career. Mm-hmm. Now, listen. Many of them have, you know, strong conservative values, but they, 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 their their own career, their own status is like a third rail that they will not touch. They'd rather bite their arm off than touch that third rail. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, uh, you know, I had a lot of people, uh, you know, working for me behind the scenes and all that, but uh, there is certainly a lack of courage generally amongst mm-hmm. politicians. And, and certainly within the Conservatives. And, you know, the Liberals are worse, and, and they're, you know, the Liberals and the NDP are even worse in terms of just, you know, doing what, you know, just doing whatever they're told. But um, there's a lack of courage, and voters need to hold their MP accountable. And I will see to it that voters know what their MP has been up to, and they can knife me in the back in a quiet room as much as they want, but their voters will know. And I hope that uh, I hope that those who have behaved in a cowardly manner are. Uh, I hope they're sweating. Mm-hmm. Because even, I will. I will ensure that people know uh, who, in fact, they're voting for. Mm-hmm. You know, even Jagmeet Singh and, and his NDPs are are dishonorable. They're, oh yeah, we're going to hold Justin Trudeau accounts. We'll make sure. That, well, he gets the justice as every other candidate. Then they just go turn around and vote with them on everything. Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know the. Um, well, the ND, the NDP the NDP could be a stronger party, but but you're right they they bought into the only thing they can say is you know Justin we agree with everything you're doing you're just not doing enough of it and you're not doing fast doing it fast enough I mean that's not I mean that's not that's not an ideological basis for a separate party right mm-hmm. I mean that's like that's like the Justin Trudeau fan club right <laughs> like we love it we love everything you're doing but we're just mad you're not doing it faster you know so. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, listen. They're not going to come to me for advice, obviously. But uh, if they did want to differentiate themselves, they they should be doing that, and they should be doing it now. Perfect. Yeah. We uh, we, in my view, the, the the local EDA, the local riding association, should have uh, more power in terms of determining who represents them and who doesn't represent them. Mm-hmm. And there's too much. Uh, I mean, listen. The best way to be an NP for a long time in the Conservative Party is to win a nomination and then just do nothing. Yeah, uh, you know that that is that is prized uh, as a conser- as a conservative. The, you know, the more the quieter you are, the more that you do exactly what you're told. They love that, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and frankly, like even you know, like even people like Michelle Rempel and and uh, uh, Pierre uh, Oliver are treading a fine line because yes, they're dynamic and they have a following and they're kind of indispensable, but. Listen, when you're when you're like that, the leader is also he he likes it, but at the same time, he's also if you get too much that way, then he's got a gut you. So mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a it's a, a you know the safest way is to just do exactly what you're told and don't stick your your head out too much, and and that's a shame because Canadians need people who are going to stand up for sure. And even like some conservatives, they're like, 
what the heck is Aaron still doing? Because you don't see anyone on the leadership team or even the caucus doing anything during all well, these that's, new that's vaccines. That's the most common thing that I hear. You're like, where is he? What's he doing? And uh, and frankly, if conservatives are saying that, the average person has no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of, even Rebel News, they went out and did a poll in Toronto. No one even knows who Aaron O'Toole or, or uh, Jagmeet Singh is. It's wow. just Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And even people let blackface slip. Could you, like, could you even imagine if, if you or even Donald Trump or even Aaron O'Toole did that? So you know how much uproar there would be? But if it's Justin Trudeau, we'll just, we'll just let it slip and... It's fine. He yeah, did it a long time yeah, ago. I mean, he said sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is inter- it is interesting for sure. Um, I mean, but yeah, he's built this sort of cult of personality around himself. Obviously, he has help with the media and and you know general cultural trends. But uh, he's been very effective at that. And uh, and just sitting and being nice and being you know whatever it is that Arnold Tool is doing isn't enough to to beat that. For sure, yeah. And that is a lot of conservatives are are wondering too is. Where's all where's all the fire that's that Aaron O'Toole and had during the leadership? Like, he, like he's not doing anything. You you and Pierre Polly have a number of the Cox. Other people might come. Well, you for sure. You always you always come out and fight fight Justin Trudeau and hold him to account. But others, they just sit there and they'll, oh well well where's this and where's where's the number for this? Where's the number for that? And a lot of a lot of others, they just like it seems like they've just given up. Well, I mean, I don't know what their strategy is. I mean, it is true that uh, it is true that no one seems to notice what the conservatives are doing, and that's a common complaint. Um, listen, they have to take more risks, right? I mean, they have, there's certain there's certain things just staring them in the face. You know, the blanket lockdowns, the uh, the this this um, you know hauling people off to these quarantine facilities, right? I mean, there's just so many things to to be pounding the table about. And all, all they can all they can talk about is vaccines. Yeah. I, one of my friends, one of my MP friends, said, "You know, we're becoming the party of, of the, we're the party of vaccines." Is like, you know, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah. So. And even a lot of people, there's people have even died from this vaccine that it's been rushed. People are starting to get Bell's policy. They're starting to get reactions. Like, no. Do you, like I personally think that it's rushed. And then you have all these liberals. They're saying, "Oh well, it wasn't rushed. It's completely safe. They did a lot." Like even Alberta, as of last week, they had fifty-three cases of of well, Bell's policy or, or reactions. And it's just appalling that people can just sit there and say that it's that it's right that everyone it's man should be mandatory for everyone that it should be. Everyone should take it. It's safe. It's healthy. Well, no, it's not. Like you look at the numbers. There's people. People are dying from it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, there's always there's always a portion of people that have these adverse reactions, and um, which is which is frankly why um, I I signed a petition that was calling for some sort of mechanism to help people like that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, after the after the the, uh, the the brouhaha blew over with respect to that petition. Quietly, a few days later, the government came out with the vaccine injury compensation program. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's great to advocate on these things because whatever, for whatever reason, things seem to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, whether I get backlash in the media or not, things seem to change. And uh, so it's always good to, to fight, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not going to take up too much time of your 
too much longer of your time because I know you are a very busy person. But, and then you, what's your uh, opinion on, on Doug Ford and Roman Babber and Hillier and the, the Karahalioses? What's your, what's your opinion and take on that? Well, I mean, Doug, I mean, I don't have a very high opinion of, of uh, how the, the provincial government is, has dealt with COVID. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, he's, uh, he's taken, for whatever reason, like I believe at one point Doug Ford was a true sort of populist conservative. But then he, uh, it started by throwing a tandy grand a gallon under the bus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like a real conservative will win. But then the sort of apparatus, the party apparatus, is filled with these kind of red Tory types. And they just take over and they're whispering in the leader's ear uh, night and day. And they just kind of mold him into this sort of, you know, uh, whatever, stoic, indifferent, uh, hard leader, whatever it is that they value. And um, it disenfranchises the base. I mean, it's possible Doug Ford could win again, mm-hmm. but the base has been shattered. Nobody, tr- nobody likes no conservative I know likes what they're doing or trusts them. Mm-hmm. And you can't win forever if you don't have a base. You might be able to squeak one victory out, but that'll be it. Yeah. And it truly makes you wonder what it would be like if, if there was an NDP government, NDP provincial government right now, if not Doug Ford's, how well, worse that could been, be. Listen, it would have been way worse. Mm-hmm. But we expected good, uh, you know, we had high expectations for Doug. And, uh, listen, I mean, this has been a challenging situation for everybody. And, and, Doug probably feels that he's sort of in over his head with all this data, 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 data. But listen, you have to, what we seem to have forgotten is that we don't live in a technocracy where, you know, highly specialized bureaucrats uh, uh, make all the decisions. It's up to, to get the information from the health professionals, but get information from the economic professionals and others. And, and leadership is about a balancing act. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure the doctor, the health uh, people want to shut the country down for the next five years to make sure that, you know, no one gets sick again. Yeah. You have to balance that with the needs of the entire country. And that's why leadership in our Western tradition is not about, you know, finding the smartest computer where you can put in the right variables and, and it will tell you exactly what to do. We are OK. We'll take a look at the evidence in different areas. But it's a balancing act that comes down to uh, a seasoned and 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 wise leader, and that's what we're missing in this country and in this province. For sure, yeah, and even even other parties like you look at like Rachel Notley's government's or previous well opposition party. What a disaster that was for Alberta and the oil sands, and that and that go, and that goes to show that no Albertan likes or liked or liked her ideas because of her new ideas she wanted she got it was northern gateway she made a backhand deal with justin trudeau on that to cancel that and get completely get rid of it she racked up the debt so pretty really high and then even jason kenny's reduced it by half even without COVID, it probably would have been reduced by now right they were being surplus just like stephen harper yes well listen i mean we need to get to the point where we don't view we don't view uh, uh, you know, a lousy conservative as our only option. Mm-hmm. We need to press for the best, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Sloan, for being here. It was really, really great to have you, and I, I look forward to crossing paths again in the future. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Mr. Sloan. Have a great day.
Yeah, you know what? Shoot me a link of this when you're done. Uh, yeah, for sure. Posting. I'd be glad to take a look. Yeah, my editing guy's uh, away this week, so I have to I have to get that. Wait for him. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I think you got some good, got some good stuff that I think uh, you probably want to edit, edit out some of this stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. we got a lot of good stuff, too. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you, Mr. Sloan. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that was the MP for Hastings, Lennox, and Addington, Derek Sloan. Make sure to tune into Episode 8 next time on Conservative Roundup.